calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. With all of the savings I get when I drive, I'm having the time of my life. Driving safe for life, insurance, save me so much in my car. Driving safe for life, insurance, I've dreamed of saving for so long, I'm saving big all right. Safe drivers save up to 20% with insurance. Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance. Monday evening, everybody, and welcome to this live spoiler review for the finale of She-Hulk, brought to you by the Geek Buddies! Hey! Ah, what's that, Kevin? Uh, anyway, let's. we're going to get into so much here today on the finale of uh, She-Hulk. We know it's a show that we have... Let's say that. Let's. How can we be fair about this? Uh, Michael and Shannon have certainly been in this camp for quite some time. I have been in and out of this camp, depending on the episode. But we're gonna break it all down, and you'll get to hear what we thought about the whole episode. Did it work? Did it hit the? Did it hit? Stick the landing? Did it do what it was supposed to do? And what we think about those post-credit scenes and some of the Easter eggs? There weren't that many, but some of the Easter eggs that were dropped throughout well. the show. <laughs> there weren't that many Easter eggs, or the whole back half of the show is just one giant. Easter bunny basket of an Easter That's egg. True. It depends That's how you true. want to talk about it. It's a Donnie Darko bunny. It's so big. <laughs> uh, we're going to get into all of that for sure as we're here live. Thank you all so much for joining us. But let's introduce ourselves for some of you who might be new in joining us here on the Geek Buddies to have a little fun with the She-Hulk finale. I am the outlaw, John Broca, writer, producer, and host here on the Geek Buddies and the Outlaw Nation. Mike? 
I'm the Outlaws in-law, Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer <laughs> of animated TV shows and movies. If only. I thought that's been the plan for 20 years now. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm the Outlaws side law, whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm an animation writer and a television actor where, uh, believe it or not, Mike Vogel has hired me many times to write for him. <laughs> not based off of that joke. <laughs> They're not all winners, but oh, uh, you got you got you got to sift through the bad stuff to get to the good stuff. Oh, hi, on. Jameson. My friend Jameson just texted me. Hi, because oh. he's listening. Hey. Right hello, Jameson. We got Phil in London joining us at one a.m. in the morning. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate it. Love to you, Phil. Thank you so much. Uh, Scrapper Alex wanted to see Bosco on camera. So it's oh yeah, he's right there. Him. You saw him, Bosco. He's Bosco rolling. loves a Geek Buddies cameo. There, there he is. Oh, there there he is. He is. Hey, buddy. Look at his cute little face. <laughs> Vogel would pick him up and, and show him to everyone, but Bosco weighs t- 2,000 pounds. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen Mikey's guns. Well, also, big shout out to uh, Carbon Health, who powers and sponsors us here on the Geek Buddies and the Outlaw Nation. Uh, you know, if you got any healthcare, any healthcare questions, concerns, or needs, if you've stuck a serum of gamma into your body and you uh, have gotten abnormally large, you might want to get checked out. You can do that at carbonhealth.com. You can find the installations, find the clinics, the urgent care. They've got all kinds of uh, care that they provide for you virtually, what have you, COVID testing. It's all available, 100-plus locations all over the country, 80-plus locations in California alone. All right, if those of you who are new here to join us uh, uh, for the Geek Buddies Review, the way it usually works is that we talk about, we give our overall thoughts, and then we break the show down. This is probably going to be two sections. We break the show down, and everything that happens before it goes meta, and then everything that happens when it goes full meta, and then we'll hit on those Easter eggs and uh, reveals at the end of the show as well. So we usually like to start with... uh, Michael Vogel, Michael, overall thoughts here on this She-Hulk finale. Um, Well, if you've been listening to our spoiler reviews, you know that I've been a big fan of She-Hulk all the way through. I was a big fan of She-Hulk when she was just in the comics. I'm just a big fan of She-Hulk. So I've been on board the whole time, uh, despite, you know, some not always perfect CG special effects. And as Shannon and Roca pointed out, it might not be the hardest hitting legal show when it comes to the legal cases. I mean, but uh, but I've been on board and then this finale happened and I'm going to go ahead and say I think this is my favorite finale of all the Marvel Disney Plus TV shows. Wow. I think that what they did was so wow. insane but also so exactly perfect and right given yeah. She-Hulk's runs in the comic books that I... I've never giggled and laughed and had a smile on my face as big as I had for the back half of this finale. And I also think that, you know, I've spent a lot of time on Twitter this weekend uh, Mm -hmm. tweeting with people who loved it and people who didn't. And I disagree with the people who think that what they did sort of ruined the rest of the season. I think that the show actually really does kind of pull itself together and these nine episodes taken as a whole, including uh, all of the meta stuff in the end of the finale, really made for the perfect entrance uh, of Jen Walters into the MCU. Interesting. Very interesting. And just a quick reminder, everybody, if you guys, we're going along here. We're going to try to keep this to about a 90-minute show. Send in your Streamlabs. Send in your Super Chats now so we, we can get to them in the flow of the show. Yeah, They are pinned in the chat, uh, and it's also uh, there in the description of this video uh, and on the screen as well. Sh- uh, Shannon, overall thoughts on, uh, on this She-Hope finale? 
You know, I really, really enjoyed it. I, yeah. I think the thing that really enabled me to enjoy the show, despite my having, you know, several critiques, a lot of it, some effects stuff, but also I didn't think the comedy always landed. And I think when you're making a comedy, um, that's the first thing that needs to land is your jokes. <laughs> um, but dis- despite that, I mean, what enabled me to enjoy it was like, look, this is a this is a silly show and you have to accept it for what it is. I mean, it's not trying to be anything else. And so going in, uh, I was curious where our, our our big arc for the season was gonna go, right? Um, and it and it it didn't. So I was like, okay, that's 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 kind of fun. I mean, the the cleverness that they had with the finale, yeah. I think if they had leaned into that craziness harder earlier in the season, mm-hmm. I think the show would have been a lot better overall. Um, I do understand the gripe that folks have that um, a a uh, a story is presented. And at the eleventh of that, at the eleventh hour, they yanked the carpet out from under you. Like again, if I were more emotionally involved, I probably would not have enjoyed it as much. But because it was, I'm like, ah, it's this is a silly little fun, silly little fun half an hour every week. Yeah. Um, because of that point of view, I was not angered. So, but I could see where people would be disappointed. <laughs> so basically, you say you like it because you dismissed it, which allowed you to enjoy it. I liked it because I lowered the bar early on and accepted it for what it was. <laughs> there it goes. All right. Wow. I mean, I mean it's, uh, you know, so, you got to get what you get. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. Well, as someone, uh, for me overall, as someone who was really out on a lot of the humor, really out on some of the lightweightedness approach to this series that frustrated me at times, although talking with you guys helped me to appreciate these shows a little bit more every week, or episodes rather, every week, um, this finale really worked for me i cannot explain it i mean i will try to explain it as we do the reviews here but i kind of respect something that goes so far out there and walks that line between pretension and actually a little bit of genius and i think it did and it did and it worked for me you know i'm also a terrence malick guy so take that for what it's worth i like the madness of breaking walls i like the madness of turning the camera back on yourself i kind of enjoy that the self-awareness of it all I thought that was really fun and interesting. Didn't see it coming, and I was like, oh, great. As soon as Hulk showed up and Titania showed up, I'm like, there's no reason for them to be here. Why are they here all of a sudden? And then, boom, they made the switch. I was like, oh, this is great. Let's see what happens. Now, did it all 100% work? No, and I do have a couple of gripes. But overall, I would say I enjoyed the back half of the finale certainly much more. And I will say this, over the last three episodes, I found myself enjoying the story more because I found them digging into Tatiana Maslany's version of Jennifer Walters more, version of what she's going through and exploring and finding that happy medium between the She-Hulk and Jen Walters so that she can exist in the world. And so when it became her focus in that back half of this episode in a meta way, I was absolutely on board with that, to be honest with you. So I will say that. So there will be some criticisms, but mostly overall, I enjoyed uh, the finale for sure. So, uh, Ronaldo McWhiskey, real quick, saying just sending support. Love hearing y'all's takes Aww. on these shows. Thank you, Ronaldo. Very, very kind of you. And remember, the Streamlabs and Super Chats are open as we go along. So, let's jump into the first half of the show here. It's called Whose Show Is This? Cat Coiro directing this one, Jessica Gao writing this one. And we open, you know, you had me from hello. We open with a fantastic homage to the old opening of the Incredible Hulk series. 
Did I go back and watch two episodes of the Incredible Hulk series after this? I watched this finale? Yes, I fucking did. And I loved it, reminding me of the Bill Bixby opening with Lou Ferrigno. But this time, of course, it's Tatiana Maslany and seeing her version of it. They got it right. The four by three, the voiceover, the music, all of it just works so well. What a fantastic way to kind of connect up what had happened from the last episode, which was her giving into a rage, which is a lot of what you see in that old opening for Incredible Hulk, for the Incredible Hulk from the 1970s 80s, we see that playing out here as a result of what she did at the end of the last episode. Jen wakes up and is groggy as hell in a DOD cell. She once got Abomination removed them. It seemed like the same cell. I can't imagine they built a new one. Mallory, Nikki, and Pug come in and tell her there's a deal on the table, but it requires her to wear an inhibitor and never be She-Hulk again. She accepts this, but then she loses her job at GLK and H and then loses her place eventually as people find out where she lives. And she moves back in with her parents and her unfeeling mom, Elaine, and her dad, played by Mark Lynn Baker. Nikki and her try to figure out how to break intelligentsia and catch Todd, but they can't 100% seem to crack it. Her mom comes in, shows an embarrassing video of Jen and Nikki, which seems to me like a shoehorn plot point to set up Nikki using it a little bit later, but it happens. Jen sinks into a bit of a mild depression and ends up heading to Emil Blonsky's retreat where Wrecker greets her, makes her some tea, and tells her Emil is up in the uh, group therapy room uh, giving a speech or having a get-together. We hear that Emil is there. Uh, oh, I just said that, right? At the same time, Nikki ignores Mallory's advice and maybe even Jen's personal desires and posts the video of Jen dancing from back in college that uh, her um, or that Jen's mom, Elaine, had given her on the Intelligentsia website, which uh, she, to pass herself off as a hater of She-Hulk, this gets her invited almost immediately to a get-together of the He-Man, She-Hulk, Woman Haters Club. They recruit Pug to, oh, she recruits Pug, Nikki does, to play her avatar as she Cyrano de Bergerac's in with words <laughs> to say at the meeting. Uh, we see Todd there and other guys, and Pug has some struggles talking the uh, vitriolic talk and the misogynistic talk that these guys do. He eventually gets there, and uh, I put here, this shit probably actually happens, by the way, which is kind of really unsettling. Eventually, Nikki loses communication with Todd and freaks out because Todd can't improvise, improvise and goes running into the group therapy room. But just then, Todd gets up on stage to do a terrible Anthony Robbins impression and announces the speaker for the evening is Abomination. Jen walks in on this meeting happening, sees Abomination there and is shocked and is sad to see him being a part of this. Emil tries to explain he's only taking gigs as a motivational speaker. Todd uh, begins to yell at Jen, says that he stole footage of her having sex, injects himself with the serum because he stole her blood, turns into a, a, the bro Hulk, I guess. Titania comes to the wall. Hulk crashes to the roof, fights Abomination. And I put my notes, this all feels so out of nowhere and unearned. And as if to answer my thoughts, Jen breaks the fourth wall and says, this is all wrong. So let's just stop there. Mikey, let's swing back to you again. <clears throat> Thoughts on this opening here and what we got from Jen's life and leading to this moment in the group therapy room at Emil Blonsky's retreat and this breaking of the fourth, the initial breaking of the fourth wall. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think, look, I think the opening was awesome, obviously. Yeah. Uh, super amazing. Um, but I think it actually serves a couple purposes, which is really cool for sort of thematically what the episode's all about. A it replaces the previously on She-Hulk. Like, mm -hmm. they show yeah. us what happened previously on She-Hulk through the, uh, through the um, uh, 70s Hulk intro. So they're right. giving us a fun meta reference while at the same time filling us in uh, on what's going on. 
Oh, hold on. John Rogue is literally texting me as I'm talking on the side, and I was like, I can't see what's happening. I'm getting it's very meta. distracted, it's John. Meta. Go ahead. Breaking, keep break, you're breaking my fourth wall. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, A, it's giving us a really fun meta reference to a 70s Hulk thing while yeah. it's telling us what happened previously on. But more importantly, and I think what's really cool about it, is the whole point of this is the world for the first time is looking at Jen Walters as She-Hulk as a monster. Yeah. So if they just did previously on She-Hulk and they just showed us the footage of her uh, at the event, ripping down the wall in her gown, we would have been like, yeah, that's what happened. But having this other actor play Jen Walters in the fully hulked out form as a complete monster, just like ripping things up and like going for that whole 70s Hulk Lou Ferrigno vibe, it totally does allow us to, for just a second, see the Hulk, see She-Hulk the way the world sort of saw her in that moment. Mm. So since this whole thing kind of harkens back to what Bruce said to her in the very first episode, which is you Hulk out one time and everyone sees you as a monster, this allows us to see someone that we're not, no matter what she does, we're not going to see her as a monster if they show us our She-Hulk. But in this one moment, we were like, oh, that's what everybody was afraid of. That's what everybody else saw. So in addition to just being like the most fun thing in the world to do a frame by frame, shot by shot comparison to the 70s Hulk, it actually did a good job of like setting up what Jen Walter's big issue is here, which is for the first time, the world sees her as Lou Ferrigno. Yeah. Um, So beyond that, getting into the episode, it's everything that we said last week. Like you can't. Hulk out, rip apart a wall, knock some heads together, get in trouble, let alone the fact that she sort of like threw her, got her client arrested with mm-hmm. Daredevil's help last week. So she's going to get fired. She's going to lose the house. This is not the, in the, if you read the She-Hulk comics, it is a normal thing for Jen Walters to go through huge success. And then because of the fact that she doesn't have a secret identity, yeah. the things that she does as She-Hulk have a more direct result on her life. So she kind of ends up at home, ends up stuck. Um, look, was the whole mom giving, uh, mom giving Nikki the video a little bit shoehorned in? It was, it was. But also, you don't have a lot of time. So sometimes when you want to get everything in, you're like, I mean, it was shoehorned in. Did it make sense? Sure. Sure. My mom has sent some videos out. My mom has done some things. I'm like, Mom, don't, don't send that photo. Nobody <laughs> needs to see that Thanksgiving photo when I was a little chubster. Like, it's fine. We can leave that in the history books. Um, but it all made sense. It made sense for Nikki and Pug to instantly get there. And like, look, they're basically doing a half episode because they knew what yeah. they were going to do for the back half. So you had to fit all of this stuff in. So like, definitely I was watching it. I'm like, man, this feels like they are really Russian. I guess they got a big reveal for us. I wonder, I wonder what we are going to get. And I was right with John. Like, you know, it's all happening and I'm watching this and I'm like, Okay, so he is, it's Todd, he's the Hulk King, that's not surprising, I was waiting for a bigger reveal, but okay, and then he was like, okay, I'm gonna Hulk out, and he became the Hulk, and I'm like, all right, well, that's what we're doing, I mean, that that tracks, it seems like they've been setting that up, then Titania walks through, busts through, and I'm like, well, that seems like a choice, (laughs) I don't quite know what she's doing there, but you know, I do love the show, I trust them, okay, we're gonna see, then when Bruce fell in and was like, get away, get away from my cousin, I was like, on what are you doing this for um and then when jen was like uh what what is this and actually even before that i'll back up really quick even when jen was like laying on her bed in her room oh yeah and was like this is what's happening and she looks out of the screen she goes is this what you guys want like there was just this whole vibe of like we talked about this last week when we when we got done with our episode eight review we were all like well what do you think's gonna happen and you're like yeah. 
they might be doing a big reveal. Maybe it's the leader. Maybe there's a Red Hulk thing. But also, if they just dealt with the gen of it all, that would kind of be okay. Like, I don't quite know what they're doing. So everything was so rushed and everything was happening so rapidly. So when Jen looks at the screen and she's like, is this what you guys want? I was kind of like, I'm not sure. And then when everything happened and she was like, this is, this makes no sense. I was like, all right. And then we'll get to the rest after that. But all of that happening, like it was all build up to, in my opinion, one of the greatest turns that Marvel has. Like, I like, I think that the last half of She-Hulk is maybe a top five Marvel moment of all time to me. Like wow. I think it was that brilliant of that, all time is what you're saying. I I was like I was I was in the car yesterday with some friends. We were coming back from Ooh. San Diego, and we talked. We didn't say all time, but we were talking yeah. about most iconic moments of Phase Four. Yeah, like, yeah. we all know Phase Four has been really choppy. It's been good. It's been bad. It's been confusing. We weren't quite sure, but it has given us a lot of iconic moments. Um, and I do think what happens in the next chunk that we're going to dive into yeah. is absolutely one of the most iconic moments of Phase Four. Maybe, maybe in the big scheme of things, all of Marvel. We'll see. We shall see. That's for sure. I like this uh, question. I think the dancing footage, Noam Science says, uh, was old footage from Orphan Black. Could be wrong, though. I, Ooh, I wouldn't maybe. doubt it. I, I, think, I, think, uh, I think they're right. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt sure. it. She did look younger, and certainly she was younger when she was doing the show, so it could have absolutely worked. All right, Shannon, what are your thoughts on this opening here as we got the Incredible Hulk opening, the nice homage, but then into the situation where she's lost everything, she's got to move back home. We don't get a lot. We don't get a Mark Lynn Baker make me feel better dad scene. We get an unfeeling mom. We get the Nikki situation. Really, you're really mad at mom. Oh, she's, I, listen, fuck you and your treadmill, goddammit. I just lost my job and I can't be She-Hulk anymore. Maybe you can move it over there, ma. You know, she does really an unfeeling thing. And then gives the video to Nikki, which I'm like, what? Why would you do that? How, you know, some mothers hate their daughters, and it's clearly that situation here. And then, and, and then, and then the other stuff going on here with with her going to the uh, retreat, and then of course confronting Abomination there at the meeting and having everybody show up for a good old hoot nanny. What did you think uh, about all this? I I imagine like everyone, I loved the 70s. <laughs> like that was so. That was just so much fun, and it was something yeah. that we had seen. In one of the early Disney Plus trailers, I don't know if it was released to the public or if we saw it at Comic Con, but we saw that the the seventies Jen and um, yeah. Mark right. Ruffalo in a trailer where she said, you know, yeah. don't you know, you, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. And even then, I was kind of like, why are they look like they're from the seventies? Like, how are they gonna explain this? I don't get it. Um, as it started. You know, I, I did think it was funny that the uh, Department of Damage Control, this, you know, Supermax facility, as a lot of people get in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, a lot of there's there. Calories there. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Ginger Gonzaga's there. Um, the whole scene was just, it, I really like the design, the uh, the choice of the production design and the customers to put them in these kind of bright clothes when, when they're in this kind of stark, kind of dark facility. It's so, yeah. you know where the the world that jen came from and the world that jen's in now like it's a very kind of that drab and depressing depressing world um we didn't get a great mark lynn baker speech but we did get two really good mark lynn baker lines oh yeah as jen comes out and he says people go to prison every day (laughs) (laughs) you want to talk about you know he's so supportive mom has to be a piece of shit i I mean that's just that's just how they balance each other and even when uh the the reporters are uh uh are all at (laughs) on his front uh on the front lawn 
and he sprays them with the uh, with the hose. And he's like, and I don't care if we're in a drought. I've got water pressure for days. I'm like, oh, that's a very Southern California line. <laughs> um, you know, it was everything that I was kind of like on the show, kind of the silliness. Um, the thing that has been consistent is uh, my affection for Tatiana Maslany mm. and her Jen Walters. I mean, from, you know, from beginning to end, she's just, she's a very easy character to get, you know, to get on her side. And as you watch sort of the slow disassembling of her life, like she loses her job. Nikki's just like, hey, I stole all the food in the fridge for you. I'm going to still work here because they pay me really well. <laughs> but I stole all the food for you. See her walking out of her apartment. Like, that, is, that is one of those, one of those moments when, when, a, when a child um, has gone out into the world and, you're, and you know, you're charting your own path. And yeah. then, you know, life happens and you have to take a step back and move back in with mom and dad. And, you know, there are these subtleties that Tatiana Maslany has when she's kind of walking around in her empty in her empty living room yeah. that uh you know it it takes a really good performer to do that because in you know you're we're on her about five seconds and the things that she can convey just with a look it's really really impressive um I love the fact that she was going to going back to Blonsky that's like yeah let me let me go to this retreat they had set um, that up that made yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. it made sense. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like I need, I need to get away from this. Mom's coming in at seven in the morning, hopping on the treadmill. Okay. Um, as <laughs> as the pug gets sort of inserted into the into the the, the bro the the Hulk King's uh, intelligentsia conference. Yeah. Um, you know, Cigar is just such a, he's such a great actor. And he's another guy that you, you get on his side right away because um, just watching how uncomfortable he is in this situation. I love the Cyrano de Bergerac comparison, John. It's what it is. Um, yeah. I mean, it was just really, really fun. And like, I was sorry we didn't get to see Holloway. Like uh, I, I would have liked a, like a proper send off for that character. Um, but I do agree. Like as people started popping into this finale, like the moment the gin walks in and sees Abomination, I'm like, oh, apparently I was wrong. There is going to be a gigantic action sequence here. Um, and then the moment that you know Titania walks in, I was like, I, I don't know if that really makes sense. <laughs> but then with Bruce coming in, I'm kind of like, all right, let's let's go with it. Um, I mean, honestly, I would have loved if uh, Madison had shown up there as well. Like if Dennis showed up, he's like, hey guys, you know, I've been I've been I've been chatting with that. At this point, I'm like, let's just throw everything, let's just throw the kitchen sink in here. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I really liked the setup, even though I was just like, yeah, this seems uh, this seems a little rushed. Seems like we're packing a lot in here, um, and this is where we're stopping, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Before we before we break the fourth wall. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I as I said, I, you know, I gave already my rundown, but like overall, I, the opening there loved the opening, loved the way that worked, totally made sense. And if you're looking at this at, from the point of view that I think the writers and the directors wanted to go, which is the female point of view, this idea that she can have one freak out and everyone's like, oh, she's emotional, ban her, stop her from becoming Hulk. Whereas Hulk can tear up Harlem and New York City and other places and no inhibitor is put on the Hulk, it seems unfair that a guy can lose his shit, but a woman loses her shit once and it's stop her from talking, stop her from allowing her to do these kinds of things. I think there's a real point being driven home that I would have liked that to have been. St Rarely have I enjoyed them being so on the nose throughout the series, but I think that one could have really been hammered home 
a little bit more. And I know some people are coming after me for the mom stuff. All I'm saying is she could have moved the damn treadmill out of the bedroom and let her get the bedroom back. That's all I'm saying. That house is a pretty big fucking house. That living room's got a lot of space. I know she'd have moved that thing out for Chad. I know that much. So, you know, that, this is the problem I have with the whole situation. But that being said, the way they set it up, it's believable. Her losing the job totally makes sense. The guy was the son of one of their biggest clients. Totally makes sense. Nikki and Mallory wanted to help her. Totally makes sense. Nikki has been breaking the rules and playing her, uh, going uh, marching to her own drum the whole series. So her taking that video and posting it, I think it should have taken, again, Mike, you're 100% right. This is the problem. Andor is 12 episodes and people are bitching that it's too slow. This is nine nine episodes and people are bitching it's too fast. So, you know, you can't win. You fucking can't win. And so to me, I would have liked three more episodes. Let's have some more time with these characters. Let's flesh out this world a little bit. Let's get deeper into this stuff. Would have been nice to see. But like you said, they had 15 minutes, essentially a half episode to shove all this stuff in. So we see it going. We're going there. We're, we're along for the ride at this point. Let's see where it leads to. I do think the bro stuff with Segura was hilarious. Absolutely funny. Because it's not in his nature to say these things. It's not in his nature to speak the words of the way that he is speaking them in that bro get-together. And Todd making himself the Anthony Robbins. I was a bit disappointed. I thought there was going to be the leader and Todd, just two different people converging to take something. But that's our own fault. But that's our right. own fault. Like no, we, totally. That's, that's us making that up on the Geek Buddies going, you know, the leader is going to be in oh. uh, Captain America 4. Maybe he's the one who wants the blood. It would yeah. make sense. And then we we're all like, maybe we're going to see the leader. We totally Henry Cavill'd ourselves to we be did. like, well, where's the leader? I'm like, well, nobody promised us that. We made that shit up on our own. We did. You're absolutely right about that. Um, and then, by the, and then, of course, as I said, by the end, when everyone shows up, uh, it's. But Emil, I, I was, I was really disappointed by that. But then, when you hear that he was just, he's been taking these gigs to make money on the side as a speaker, it made sense because everything he was saying was general. He wasn't saying, "Let's hate She-Hulk." He was like, "Be the best person you can be." Yeah, I feel like you guys are really getting at it. And so it was all just kind of general shit. And he probably delivers the same spiel for every person that or every group that rents out his uh, little uh, group therapy room to do these meetings at. So in that way, it kind of retained the fact that he wasn't a bad guy in my mind. And then, of course, all hell breaks loose and we break the fourth wall. So let's hit some of these um, stream labs that have come through before we move on to the second half of the show here. Cam Chapman says, I love the quirkiness of the show and it's really fun at times. But Jen never really felt like the core of the show. Ironic, since the name of this episode is Whose Show Is This? She-Hulk attorney at law rarely hulked and rarely lawyered. All the agreements were there, but the meal just wasn't cooked correctly. Thoughts, gentlemen, real quick? Anything uh, to answer that? I mean, I thought she lawyered every episode and was She-Hulk every episode. I mean, she wasn't like uh, she wasn't superheroing every episode, and right. she did it what twice. Um, but that wasn't that wasn't the show. She's not there yet. Yeah, this is the progression. Mike, thoughts on that? I mean, well, I do think it's interesting because I think this does, and I'm not saying you're saying this, but I'm, I'm uh, mm. but I but I'm saying that like there are so many people that are like, well, the plot fell apart. They set up all this stuff, and then it just fell apart. And nothing mattered, and the whole the the finale didn't work because it like sort of invalidated the whole season. But like, like Shan's right. Like, she had to be She Hulk at work. Yep. She was She Hulk when she was going on dates. Like, she was She Hulk for a significant chunk of the series. She yep. wasn't out running around superheroing, but she was tall and green for a good bit. And I think that every week there was a case of the week. Yep. She might not have been the lawyer for every case. Like, might it? Maybe it was like M- Mallory, or but I mean, I think she was the court. Like, I think the courtroom was pretty present, and she was pretty green for a good chunk of the show. 
And I think that the point they kind of make in the finale, and we'll talk about it more when we get after the break, is that they set us up to a point, and even Shannon says, you know, like, they set us up from day one with this blood thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, Hulk was like, we got to get rid of your blood because if anybody got a hold of this, like, they, 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 they gave us a typical Marvel MacGuffin and sent us down a road and then at the end, but like even like, and we said this, it's like I was saying, we said this last week, we had this whole thing where we're like, well, what's the blood angle and who is yep. it? And is it the leader? We're going to get this. But then even we by season, by episode eight, we're like, this feels like that doesn't matter. Like, yeah. Yeah. Intelligentsia. So they took that to its logical conclusion as fans of the MCU for over a decade they gave us all the breadcrumbs to go like, well, this is the big reveal. Like they're going to set up, they're setting up uh, Captain America four. They're setting this up. And then Jen was like, no, this has been about me struggling with my identity. The whole series. Did you not notice? This is what the show was. Yeah. Which is what she's going to get to here in a second. Uh, Meta awesome says big fan of these reviews. Keep up the great work or Moda. Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, let's see here. Uh, AZ Badfish says, overall, I like the show in this episode. I did like up until the end. I get them saying, we're not doing that, but I would have preferred them saying, here's what actually happened instead of it just being over. Thanks for the show. Much love to the Geek Buddies. Yeah, we'll get to that. Let's put a pin in that AZ Badfish because I feel a little bit like you do about that. That's one of the gripes I had, so we'll get to that. Jim Fan saying, hey, Geek Buddies, I love She-Hulk. Tatiana Maslany is perfect casting as She-Hulk slash Jen Walters. Uh, she makes the show work and great supporting cast. The show is goofy, very self-aware. Dare I say it, fun. But can I get some of the valid criticism? But but I can get some of the valid criticism is what he's saying. All right. Well, let's, uh, and that's fair. Let's take a quick, oh, actually, let's hit this big one because uh, Ronaldo, thank you. He says, okay, I think everyone's criticisms has to do with what the show was telegraphing before the fourth wall turn just wasn't that strong. Like maybe it should have been the leader. These are just passing thoughts. I have no real strong opinion. <laughs> but a lot think, of conviction I, a lot of conviction i like that about i do think that you know i mean they couldn't really do like the leader is good like we know the leader is going to be the bad guy in captain america 4 yeah. which is why we all were like well he's a whole character and he's this maybe this makes sense but again we were just doing what we've been trained to do and yeah. i think if they had actually given us the leader and then deleted him i think we would have gotten more pissed i think like i don't care i don't care that they delete todd hulking out i'm like well yeah that's that's dumb anyway but if they had given us like some big marvel if kang had showed up yeah and then she was like i don't want kang and then you got rid of it i think we're so excited about some of these things our inner marvel geek would have been like well hold the phone jen right right. but yet realistically everything that she deleted and reset was stuff that i'm like yeah i could let that go um yeah. I think the only big bad I would have been okay with them introducing and taking away would have been Mephisto. Because I'm like, ah, not oh yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would have made me laugh. That would have been funny as shit. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, Vegetable Tube says, love Todd Hulk making Jar Jar Binks sounds transforming and saying, come at me, bro. When he said, come at me, bro, I did. <laughs> I yeah. laughed. I thought that I was did really funny. Come at me, bro. It was genius. It was absolutely genius in that way. Uh, All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll jump into the second half of this episode and this finale right after this. David Banner is wanted for a crime. Commit. David Banner because Bruce was too gay. (laughs) Oh, I don't know what that means. What are you trying to say? You know that's why his name was David Banner on the show. Oh, I did not know that. No. They did an executive the network, think 
they an executive, Bruce was a gay an executive name. felt the word the name Bruce was too gay, so they changed his name to David Banner. Hundred percent true. Look it up. That's fascinating. Wasn't the guy married to Liza Minnelli named David? All right. Anyway, let's move on. Um, Jen, <laughs> Jen walks in on this meet. Okay, I say that word. Uh, but, but where were we? There we go. Okay, we go to the Disney Plus main page out of nowhere. She breaks through her own thumbnail. Now I'm gonna tell you this. This was a Sopranos moment. I literally checked my remote for a second. To be like, <laughs> what the? And so it was just like at the end of the Sopranos match. I thought it was genius. She breaks through the thumbnail and climbs through uh, the, uh, is it Avengers Disassembled or what it was? was it the Avengers this? Assembled, the December, documentary sorry. series. The Avengers Assembled uh, thumbnail one and into essentially our world. Uh, she's aware that she's a character on a streaming series, I guess. And this has John Byrne written all over it. Uh, if you remember how he had her being self-aware that she was written and illustrated a comic book during his run with She-Hulk. She goes through the Marvel offices, signs an NDA, and finds the writer's room. By the way, I've been through the Marvel offices, so it's a special treat. Uh, everything looks the same. Uh, she lambasts the writers for being unimaginative. By the way, Jessica Gao is in that room. She's in the upper left of the table. She's not the one speaking. She's in the upper left of the table. But all the writers are there. She blasts them for being unimaginative. They tell her that they had something else planned for the finale. But Kevin, and if you're watching with the subtitles on, it kind of betrays what you're going to get because it's K-E-V-I-N. Oh, it is? That's funny. I didn't know that. I didn't watch yeah. the subtitles. That's funny. Yeah, it said it right there in the subtitles uh, like that. And it's sta- well, we'll get to that. She finds Kevin, which is this old AI robot complete with a hat like Feige wears. And Kevin stands for Knowledge Enhanced Visual Interconnectivity Nexus. She debates with him the merits of his decision to go this route with the finale of her show. Calls him out on the Marvel daddy issue things with the superheroes in the past. How women are not portrayed fairly in Marvel. Asks if he can reveal when the X-Men are showing up. Drops some great lines like she smashes fourth walls, bad endings, and Matt Murdock. And then basically she wants an end to the big shenanigans of her finale and more of a focus on fixing her life. That's what she wants. Kevin agrees to it, acquiesces. We go back to the show outside of the compound. All of this has happened. We don't know how. Outside of the compound, Todd is arrested. Jen promises to sue him. Emil admits to breaking his probation and agrees to go back to his cell at the DODC for 10 years, which is such a shame. Uh, I could hear the squeals of the seven uh, uh, sisters or whatever they were. Uh, Daredevil appears out of nowhere and is playfully mad that he missed everything. Uh, but then we cut to the fast and furious ending with her, with Murdoch sitting with her family for lunch. He laughs with Jen as her parents ask how much money he makes. And uh, the uncle's uh, wife hits on Matt Murdoch with her eyes. Bruce arrives from nowhere, uh, says hi to everybody, and then introduces them to his son, Scar, who he has brought from Sakar. And we cut to days later. Shiho climbs the court steps as a confident lawyer. She is going to sue Todd and Intelligentsia. And then we, we get to a mid credit scene that has Wong rescuing Emil from his cell and taking him to Carmitage. So, Shannon, I go back to you to start this section of the uh, breakdown here. Thoughts on this back half of the show? The meta um, finale, in essence, that we got and the uh, many things that happened here to lead us back to the show to end it the way Jen apparently wanted to end it. 
I mean, when she kind of showed up in the Disney Plus menu, this reminded me when studios back, what, like 2002, 2003, when DVDs were really like, they were making that big push for DVDs oh, yeah. and they started having fun with those menus. That's what this reminded me of. Like, oh, they're, they're, they're having a lot of fun right now. Just the creativity here of her kind of popping out and just like, just the little things, like just like the shadows and everything, like you see the sh her shadow cast below her, going in through the assembled documentary as she's walking the Disney back lot. Like as she was going past those buildings, I'm like, wait a second, oh, that's Disney. Oh, so they actually shot this in LA. This is a part that they did not shoot in uh, in Atlanta. And I'm like, I wonder where else she's going to, and then she's walking past the main building with the seven dwarves holding up the arches. I thought all of that was a blast. As soon as she got into the writer's room, um, I I thought it was funny because I immediately I'm like, is Jessica Gao is Jessica Gao there? And the yeah. moment that the one actress started talking, I'm like, I bet that's not her. So I yeah. looked, I, I pulled her up on Google and I'm like, yep, that's her in the top left corner. <laughs> you know, I thought that I thought this was all fun. Like I was I was laughing my butt off. Um, at the same time, I'm thinking, I wonder how many people are so upset. Oh right yeah. Now. Oh yeah. <laughs> Get as up. she as she gets to Kevin, like I was really hoping we were gonna get some sort of like Kevin Feige robot, but like 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 a like a poorly done like nineteen eighties like Kevin Feige robot, like Max Headroom or some shit. Yeah, yeah. But I thought what we got was funny, and like how they have that kind of the hat. I thought that was awesome. And when he when he says, um, you, you know, you know, please turn back into Jen, but, but wait till the camera cuts away. You're very expensive. That the effects team is working on something else, and you hear the 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 a little bit of the Black Panther music. I yes. thought that was all funny. I mean, right. I feel like they saved up all their good jokes for this one section <laughs> because smashing the fourth wall and, and sometimes Matt Murdock, I mean, you know, asking about the X-Men, I think you get to see how much fun uh, Tatiana Maslany was having being goofy. Yeah. I mean, all of the kind of, you know, the takes to camera. Um, did it make sense when we get back and everything? Ah, I mean, not really. <laughs> And at this Thank point, you. I, right? That was my I mean, like we, don't, yeah, you just kind of assume that you know, okay, she grabbed Todd. That was it. Titania showed up for reasons, and Daredevil, Daredevil literally dropped out of the sky because <laughs> he fell from straight up. So I thought all that was, I thought all that was fun. Um, the part that, and again, I, I'm not a huge, you know, Hulk comic reader. Yeah. The part that I was curious because I like the thing with the family. The family picnic. I, I thought that was fun. I thought Uncle Tucker giving uh, Matt the elevator eyes um, because his wife was clearly hitting on him. Um, the, the part that I thought, I'm like, I wonder if people are upset about this, is when Bruce randomly shows up with Scar. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I feel like this character, there's a lot of love for this character, and this is so random and so out of the blue, and he just kind of hangs out for a second. So I, I'm curious about that. I love the final shot. I love that she's in the purple, the purple power suit yeah. going in. Like I thought that was, I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, but I'll be curious to hear what you guys say about what your guys' thoughts on the scar thing, because that's the thing that kind of took me out of it for a second. I'm like, ah, oh, this is how you're going to introduce him. Okay, <laughs> fair. Uh, Michael, your thoughts on this? I mean, you're a showrunner. You, you've been in those rooms trying to with Shannon, trying to like figure out, okay. How do we land this puppy? How do we land this baby? Are we landing it correctly? Oh my God, are we gonna take a massive left turn and take a chance with this one? Is it going to work? So what were your thoughts here as you watch the back half of this become this meta conversation or meta treatise on Marvel and Marvel's past, shall we say, sins uh, being exposed or being talked about 
in a way that's more open between Jen and Kevin until eventually Kevin acquiesces and gives her the ending that she wants. That ending itself, Scar, and also the uh, Carmitage situation. Um, well, to be fair, landing the strawberry shortcake plane, little bit, little bit easier than landing the She-Hulk plane. Um, just to just to be fair to She-Hulk. Um, I'll come in but, here for a defense in a little bit, but you go ahead. Uh, Look, I, I mean, I, I did the same thing you did. Like, when Jen was like, none of this makes sense, and it just went to the Disney uh, Marvel homepage, I started to reach for my remote. I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I was like, what? Like I, And then I heard her be like, oh, that's not going to stop me. And she busted out. And I literally was the happiest I've been in a month. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it was just like, it was such a out of left field moment but like i said at the same time if you've if you've known she hulk in the comics for years and you know kind of what she's about it also was 100 percent appropriate yeah um and then look as someone who worked for a lot of years on the disney lot has walked around has pitched shows on the disney lot has walked around the disney lot many times like as soon as you see that lot you're like oh she, this is she's in our world she's yeah. here she made it she made the jump um <laughs> You know, yeah, like you said, John, like those are absolutely the Marvel offices. I believe that the guy that's at the front desk who makes her sign the NDA is actually the guy that is at the front desk that makes you sign the NDA. The writers are the writers. Like it's like they they, they didn't try and do the here's our fun version of it all aside from the giant AI robot. No, those I Iron think. Man suits are really there. Those Iron yeah, no, Man suits are really there. Those yeah. like those those hallways that she goes down, they yeah, are the hallways, really the hallways at, yeah. at Marvel. Um, at Marvel Studios. Um going into the writers' room is great. There's just this great thing where she was all of a sudden, and this is, and look, I get it. This is where you're on board or you're not. Yeah. Like, oh. as Marvel fans, like I've been saying for this whole review, they set us up. They gave us the blood. They gave us intelligentsia. They showed us the big tube with the green in it. And like, they, yes, they're going to get her blood. So like, yes, we were, we all got an expectation. And when this moment happens where she busts into the writer's room and goes, guys, come on, the blood like the super soldier serum i feel like we've done this before you either have one of two reactions you either go i mean she's not wrong yeah or you go fuck you i was into that story i wanted to know where it went and if you <laughs> wanted to know where that story went and you were really excited about it like you could like that's the gamble they ran yeah. that you were more invested in and i'm not saying this is a bad way so if you are one of these people i'm not i'm not dogging you but you were more invested in how She-Hulk connected into the bigger MCU and where the blood thing was going to go and who they were going to reveal, just like they did with Loki, just like they've done with a bunch of shows. Yeah. And you were less invested in Jen. That's why the name of the episode is Whose Show Is This? It's not about is this Daredevil show or is this the Abomination show. Marvel's biggest critique and this is something I think the three of us love about Marvel, but if people are going to critique Marvel, it's that Marvel's more interested in filling in the puzzle pieces to the next 18 Marvel properties yeah, yeah. and introducing the next 12 characters than they are about the character whose show it is. So even the three of us were guilty of it by talking about the leader for the past three weeks, that we were more interested at times in how does this, oh, is the abomination going to be in Thunderbolts? Does this mean that Wong is going to be this? Is this going to be the leader? So yeah. Jen going into the writer's room and going, blood, really guys? Like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, what even is this? And then be like, what? This is that guy who was like, this is, there's just certain things you have to do in a superhero show. 
And you're like, yeah, I mean, that's that that is the, that's what we complain about Marvel about sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And so then when they were like, no, this is what Kevin wants. And then when she goes down the hall, look, that robot reveal, <laughs> I laughed. That hat on that robot was the greatest thing. Walking into that room to the Marvel fanfare, to all the movies, and her just looking at it. And then Marvel being okay with Jen Walters taking the piss out of Marvel. Yeah. Like, when she was like, look, you do kind of get dinged for the fact that you have these big, epic, third-act battles where you throw everything in there and it doesn't always make sense. And, like, people say that. And when the Kevin Robot was like, who says that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, like, that, the daddy issues, like, all the way down the pipe. Like, for them to sort of poke fun at the things that all of us on Twitter and the internet and on YouTube shows where we all talk about geeky shit all week long yeah, yeah. Uh, say, oh, well, they, you know, they did the whole villain thing or I just, you know, John has said, I think in every single Disney Plus review that we've had, he talks about how WandaVision was great except that they sort of whiffed it in the finale because they tried to do too much and they did yeah. too many things and it didn't quite stick the landing. And here's Jen Walters on a Disney Plus show saying, you know, sometimes you don't really stick the landing because it's not really what the show's about. So I just thought it was brilliant. And then even her asking about the X-Men doing everything. So look, to the point that Shannon and John were talking about, do I think that when we got back into Jen's world after they sort of reset everything and got rid of what she wanted to get rid of and went back into her thing, I think that it didn't land as perfectly as they intended. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like they ran out of time a little bit. I think there's a version of this where we got to back up a little bit and let Jen got to see the ending she wanted and not just get the aftermath of it. But again, this gets into even Marvel, even Disney, even with all their money, a show is going to be the length that the show is going to be budgeted to be. And you do actually have a budget. So you are always constricted. So I would not be surprised if you talked to the entire creative team, if they were like, yeah, we wish we had been able to do this. We wish we had been able to spend a little bit more time. But the humor of it all, the fact that Jen faced Todd, not as She-Hulk, but as Jen Walters. Yes. The fact that Emil did have to like, okay, you did do the abomination thing. We're not just going to let this go because it was an awesome Marvel movie. You've got to pay the price for it. And the fact that she got Matt Murdock back because a girl has needs. And who would not want Matt Murdock back? Like, it was super cute. The ending with the family was adorable. I think they realized right away that Tatiana Maslany and Charlie Cox have stupid chemistry. Oh, yeah, they do. So literally the two of them sitting next to each other at a picnic table is somehow sexy. Like, it's just stupid. Her coming over to sit next to him. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And look, giving Jen this nice moment because in in reality, Jen, look, being She-Hulk sucks in a lot of ways. It's awesome, but it sucks in a lot of ways. She did lose her job. She doesn't know what's next. She did have a lot of shit she had to deal with. She doesn't have an apartment yet. So she's with her family, and she, had, she met this really awesome, cool guy, and he came to hang with her. Yeah. That's a good, happy ending in real life, guys. That's, that's as good as it gets sometimes, and she's going to have to put the pieces back together. Um, so, like, that's a nice ending. Like, and, she, and, then she, and then we get her. I'll come back to Hulk in a minute. And then we get the fact that she's got her purple suit on. She's going in, and we get this sense. And, again, I do think the writers probably wish they had had a little bit more time. Sure. But... She gets to do what she's doing. She has made her own story. What Bruce said at the beginning, what else are you going to be? You're a Hulk. You have to be a superhero. And we end the show with her going up the steps into the courthouse because Jen Walters, a.k.a. She-Hulk, is a lawyer, and she wrote her own story. This is the story she's going to tell. And it, and from day one, 
it's been a legal comedy. It's been a story about Jen Walters. It's a it's about a woman who has to deal with this thing in her life. So they did stick that landing, not as well as I mean they probably could have. Um, as far as the Hulk stuff goes, I actually am not as big on Planet Hulk as I, I like it. I think it's cool, but I'm not like obsessed with it. I'm not like super into it. So look, did Scar look a little? Eh, like I hope that when when we see more Scar, hopefully, like he lets his hair down and it looks a little bit cooler. He's simply um, still young in the process. Yeah, simply still young. And I do know, like, look, having him show up the way he showed up, they're skipping over a lot of what people really love about Planet Hulk. I'm wondering if this was sort of like the introduction, and then whether we do get a Planet Hulk movie or however they're planning on continuing Scar's story in the MCU. I wonder if we might get a little backup. Like we could start a, a World War Hulk movie. Uh, or a Planet Hulk movie yeah. with Bruce flying there. Like, there's a whole... They don't have to just pick up where they left off. We could take a step back and get that full story and then see where it connects with She-Hulk and go from there. So I'll, we'll see. I'm curious to see how that part goes. Yeah, you know, I have to say, you know, I've been harder on the show than both of you throughout the whole reviews that we've done on this. But like I said, I enjoyed this. I like that she went the route that she went, got in there, got into our world, had the confrontations, was kind of commenting on everything as she was going along, you know, had that hallway fight, which was kind of her way of doing a daredevil in that in that sequence, which I thought was really cool, then just had the conversation. And it was male-female, which I thought was really cool, too. And they got into the um, writer's room and did her thing. And you saw the stuff on the wall. Like, the that was hilarious. If you pause it, you can read certain things that are just really funny to kind of look at as ideas they were kicking around and, 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 and the writer's room, I've never been in a writer's room. I've seen it profiled in 30 rock and other places. I don't know how accurate that writer's room was. It's very, that's accurate. Is it? That's, no, what, a, that, that's what a writer's room looks like. I, that's that a is, claustrophobic situation, man. I don't know. That is a, a thousand. Little, little crowded. Yeah. <laughs> that is a thousand percent. That is a thousand, thousand percent what a writer's room looked like. All right. They're making some some dumb jokes, too. So I was just like, I don't know. And then, But then her calling them out and putting them on the table, I thought that was really funny. Uh, but her, but the writer who pushes back and is, you know, trying to explain things to her, that was a good element to be like, look, I, we wanted to do something else. And having a female writer speak back to She-Hulk in that way, I thought was really cool, considering it was Jessica Gao who wrote this thing. So having her pull, pull, push back and say, well, no, look, we wanted to do these other things. Kevin didn't. So you're right, Michael. Marvel being willing to be the butt of the joke, being willing to take a little bit of the, of the spanking for the stuff they've done in the past, I thought showed a certain amount of, how can I say this, a certain amount of strength and belief in themselves now. Because after all these movies and all these series, in essence, Marvel is Teflon. You cannot destroy Marvel at this point. So them making fun of themselves for sins that they've rectified already, not current sins, which as I thought, if it had been current sins, that had been real ballsy, but for making fun of them for sins that they've kind of rectified and addressed, and they're trying to address, I thought was a really funny moment, having Jen do all of that, call him out, plus Jen reverting back to her regular self, there's a symbolism there, yeah, the VFX stuff, and some people felt that was an, uh, uh, an, an impolite joke to the people who've been suffering in the VFX departments because of Marvel's demands, and I can totally understand that, but it was done for the joke in terms of the fact that you had to look away so that she could go back down. But it, the fact that it was Jen lobbying Kevin, I thought was awesome. Not not She-Hulk, Jen doing it for my story, my thing. But wearing the She-Hulk outfit, the, the her her, yeah. her hero outfit, there's a there's a symbolism in that that I thought was really cool. Um, By the yeah. way, just really quick, just really yeah. quickly on what you were saying, just just so everybody knows, like the joke that they make about her 
please revert back to She-Hulk because mm -hmm. you're really expensive and also could you do it off screen because the transformation is expensive is very, very funny. It's also really funny because that's actually a note you would get. Yes. Like oh, when okay. you're doing when you're doing CG stuff, uh, again, strawberry shortcake, not She-Hulk, <laughs> but we're working on these CG specials right now and the number of times that you get, ooh, can she take her glasses off off screen because we have to change the models and it's a thing like 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 the the whole concept of does she have to be She-Hulk in this scene because we're really kind of reaching the budget levels and yeah. ooh can we not have her transform how about she walks around a, around a corner and then she comes back out as Jen because that's cheaper like those conversations really one thousand percent happen so. Yes, it's funny in the moment, and the joke about we've actually moved everybody over to Wakanda forever is funny, but also it's funny if you're in the industry because you're like, yeah, that, that is accurate. Those conversations really did happen. And that's why I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, to watch The Geek Buddies because we're, the, we're one of the most unique shows because Michael's been in these meetings, Michael's been in these rooms, a lot of the pundits you see on other places haven't and don't know about that kind of stuff, and that's why The Geek Buddies is the best Anyway, we, we, I like the way they had all that, the conversation, the calling out, as I said, but also her saying, okay, get rid of this, get rid of that, get rid of that. And then we see that uh, from early with the Todd thing, I, th I saw some people being upset that the blood thing didn't work out. It did work out, in my opinion. Todd using it to bro himself up and to do this. They called it out because they wanted to make it clear that this was something that felt like, oh, this was going to be really, really important. In the end, it wasn't because it was really about the fact that Todd wanted to take her blood because he wanted what she got and he claimed that she didn't earn it but he earned it how did he earn it he didn't earn it she got it and it kind of plays in that situation where you hear about a lot of you hear from a lot of the male critics who criticize these shows going why is she so capable why is she able to do these things how come the men have to struggle to do these things as if that's a fucking big deal they make a fucking big deal out of it and to me it speaks of the inadequacy of a man to be upset about that kind of thing Logically, if you're trying to make it make sense, I can see the argument, but this idea that it seems to only well, hang on the female characters from Ray to now She-Hulk, it just gets a little frustrating. So the blood thing, I did think it played out, but it played out in a different way, and I think it actually worked. So when we see all the stuff moving around when Jen comes back, yes, my criticism is they didn't show how the police got there. They didn't say who called the police. How did this all happen? Nobody knows. And you can't call the police for just having a meeting and is Todd real? Is there evidence to link Todd to intelligentsia to have him be arrested so quickly? Plus, he has so much money. I'm sure he could get himself an attorney like that to get him out of the situation to not be. I mean, arrested. we know. We I mean, know he who has his law firm is. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he has. Uh, he has Mallory book. So I mean, all those things are there. So I thought that was a little odd. The Titania thing sticking around was weird as well, because um, I don't think Hulk stuck around. So Titania stick around was a little weird. But I did like, like you said, Michael. Emil understood that he violated the thing. Emil signed the papers. Emil has going is going back is going back to jail for ten years. So there was a there was a consequences to the responsibility of what he or the actions he took. <laughs> you didn't like it? Didn't like it? Okay. No, no, he immediately got sprung by Wong. Well, yeah, but that's because so, you know, he's not a bad guy. That's he accepted his consequences. He was just doing drugs for a couple of days. He wasn't pulling crimes though. He was just doing motivation. But you also you bring up an interesting point just because yeah. of you know what you were saying about the whole Todd thinking that like She Hulk didn't deserve it and he. Did did deserve it because yeah. he worked for it or whatever. Because there's even that guy earlier. Oh, no, yeah. But like he no, he didn't. You're absolutely right. But also he says earlier, when they're all in the room before the meeting, when Pug's there, he has that little speech where he's like, I think that superpowers should go to the most deserving. Yes, right. And 
that really begs the question of, well, who's making that decision? Because if right. it's a bunch of straight white people, I can pretty much guarantee you who they're going to think is most deserving. Yes. A bunch of white straight dudes. Uh, and I think what's interesting about that is that's not how comic books work. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, Steve Rogers definitively was not the most deserving. I mean, yes, he had the most pure heart and everything else, but like, he's not who the army was looking for. Like, right. he, Tommy Lee Jones and Captain America does not think that Steve Rogers is the guy. Tony clear. Stark's uh, Tony Stark's a drunk. Uh, Peter Parker got bit by a spider on accident. Star-Lord just got kidnapped. Like, you know, like, you go through the list of superheroes, and most superheroes, not all, but most superheroes, they didn't get their powers because they were worthy. They didn't get their powers mm. because they were deserving. They didn't get their powers because they were the strongest. Like, yes, the way the stories are written, they end up being the most pure of heart. They do the right thing. Like, there are heroes. Um, but, like, Matt Murdock as a kid getting in that accident didn't do it. Yeah. He wasn't given that, like their powers and the responsibility that is heaped on them because of those powers either makes them the hero or makes them the villain, sometimes makes them both depending on the story. So even what Todd is saying in that moment, I think is sort of reflective of what a lot of people, a subset of people on social media think about superheroes, but that's not really what it is. Like Jen Walters getting those powers was as random and by chance as Bruce and Peter Parker and a majority of, and, and Matt Murdock and a bunch of other heroes. Yeah. And what she chooses to do with those powers is what makes her a hero, not that she got them. And exactly. I think that's important. I think you're absolutely right, 100%. I think you see some people mentioning that Todd or the guys there mentioned Lady Thor as well. And yeah. those, those criticisms seem directly from Twitter. And it's like, what did Thor do to earn his powers? Literally was born into the fucking thing. He did nothing to earn his powers he eventually earned the hammer by have by going or the worthiness rather uh when he got sent back sent down to earth in the first door but like there's nothing he did to earn those powers those powers were already given to him by birth lady thor or sorry not lady thor but like uh natalie portman being called jane foster being called the hammer is something else but this idea that he somehow did more than her is absolutely insane to me on so many levels so Anyway, the ending there, uh, and I love the Fast and Furious ending. I thought that was really cool to check back in with the family. I do wish we had more Mark Lynn Baker. That is the one big thing. Yeah. You don't cast a guy like him and not give him more to do. It's frustrating. The Jamila Jamil Titania thing, I can take or leave. But Mark Lynn Baker, baby, give me some time with him. I want to see some father-daughter moments that are going to make me cry. That's what I wanted to see. But and he really, I mean, Shannon is go. right, though. I mean, Sh- like, you, like, look, I... I, you're, you, you and I will always have this as someone who has to write things and has like a certain number of pages, like, like Shannon knows this on the damn strawberry shortcake shorts where it's like, you can't be more than five and a half pages. And I'm like, well, I just wish, I wish this character could say this one thing. So I am, I'm a little bit more sympathetic to the fact that with everything they wanted to tackle, they couldn't have like the 12 father daughter scenes that you wanted, but you're not wrong. And it's like, it's great to leave you wanting more, but Shannon is right that Marklin Baker, the reason you cast Marklin Baker yeah, is yeah. because for the 10 lines he had in nine episodes, maybe, like yeah. for whatever the number of lines was that he had, he made the most out of them. And he's like, you're like, you're a great dad. Yeah. I'm so glad that She-Hulk has you as a dad. That's a good point. <laughs> I'm so glad She-Hulk has you as a dad since she's got that terrible mother. I mean, that oh. mother is the worst. <laughs> Elaine. <laughs> Elaine's a scroll. I know she is. I fucking know she is. Uh, anyway, and then the ending there, I, Hulk coming in. I, I'm with Michael. I don't have the same 
attachment to scars other people do. So for me, I was like, oh, okay, he's his young teenage son. And he does have to teach his son in the Planet Hulk storyline and the whole that. And we're not getting into the Illuminati again after the Illuminati were just uh, killed by Scarlet uh, Witch. So we got to take a little bit of time to build up to that. So since he's having a very nice Marvel conversation, can we not? Can we just not talk about Multiverse of Madness, please? Thank you. <laughs> Fair enough. But Scar's got to have some time. So let Scar have some time growing into it, being trained by We're going to fight. Are we going to meet his? Are we going to hear about his mom? Are we going to hear about the relationship he had on Sakaar? Yeah. There's more to explore. So you may not be happy with the CGI. You may not be happy with the way he was introduced. But he's a teenage kid right now, it seems like. So there's more path I, to walk with those two. So I didn't mind I that. I do think, and I saw yeah. people in the comments, like when you look at pictures of Scar from the comics and you look at the dude that oh, showed yeah, up sure. with his hair pulled back and his sort of monk haircut, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, this, this guy looks a little, uh, a little different. I do think that assuming they're going to do a version of this story in a movie or on a Disney Plus series or wherever they're going to do it, yeah. look, they always have a chance. It's like Carol Danvers looks a lot better in, Mar- in the Marvels in my opinion, then she looked in Captain Marvel. Mm. Uh, you can all, you know, Captain America has had a different Captain America suit for every movie he's been in. So when they do get to this story in whatever capacity they get it to, yeah. I think we'll have a chance to sort of play with that design a bit. Yeah, yeah. And we'll see. We'll see. And I, I didn't mind uh, Blonsky being broken up. I got no problem with that. I don't know. Some people were expressing an issue with it. I'm like, He's just giving fucking motivational speeches. He wasn't. Hello to everybody in the chat. I don't fully blame Michael Waldron for Multiverse of Madness. I blame <laughs> Sam Raimi. So the fact that he's writing Secret Wars, I'm okay with. I'm like, I'm not. I, I'm giving him a pass, and we're going to see what he does. Okay. If another movie he writes kind of disappoints me, then we'll have the conversation. But for now, <laughs> we'll give him a pass. We'll see how he does. Michael Waldron also wrote Loki, so yeah, you know, that's right. He wrote yet another. Thing where the female character makes a selfish decision at the end that fucks everybody. So just put that out there. <laughs> Consistency of that is frustrating. Stop doing that. Um, all right, uh, let's take a quick break and we're going to jump into some Streamlabs Super Chats and then wrap up the show uh, right after this. Really? Yeah. Nothing? That was a great, that was a good Jesus. one, Shannon. Uh, well, one. I, I felt like there was a, it was very abrupt, the lead up to this break. <laughs> Normally, I would have Googled something, but I, yeah, you, 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 ca- you caught me unawares this I time. I apologize profusely. Uh, by the way, there's 300 of you watching us right now. Thank you very much for joining us live for this uh, review show. Please remember you hit a like on this button. Hit a like. I'm sorry. Hit the like button on this video right now. Hit the like and leave a comment if you're watching later. We, leave a comment down below. As well. We will yeah. know if you don't. Yeah, true. Because there should be 300 likes right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you right now i'm looking at you yeah click that like button yeah because we've got 123 likes when there's 300 people watching so please for god's sakes um and send in your final stream labs super chats as we're wrapping up the show here gonna, let's hit some of these now um, i'm gonna crawl through the screen like she hulk if you don't <laughs> okay <laughs> um all right uh, carol says hi guys love this show overall was every episode great no but i still enjoyed them out of all the other marvel shows they nailed this finale no one complains when deadpool does this also i'm sure like me vogel died when she said she smashed matt i mean died and was also a little jealous so yes (laughs) (laughs) uh let's see uh yeah pessimist says scar kind of looks like he's half hulk 
Um, let me. I want to bring that because that's a super chat. So I want to bring that up on the screen to read that correctly. Pessimist says uh, Scar kind of looks like he's half whole, half Puerto Rican. I don't know. Could his mom be a Puerto Rican actress down the road? Will they cast Puerto Rican actress? I'd see it. Uh, I think it's the shirt that's throwing you off. I, I've seen those shirts in my get-togethers with my family. Fantastic three fourteen says from the first episode ending song, "Who's That Girl." To the finale with We Run This, the show absolutely killed it with the music. Great show. She-Hulk is in my top three of Marvel shows, definitely. Wow, that's a strong statement. They really did. I mean, that's actually a really good point. They did a great job with needle drop music. Like, yeah. they they show, they picked some great stuff. And, you know, for a lot of Marvel shows, uh, Loki, uh, you know, so, well, actually, you know, I, I, I think, like, shows, there's either the shows that have great score and mm-hmm. just do score and don't do a lot of needle drop. I would say that She-Hulk did the second best as far as music goes. I think Miss Marvel wins. I think Miss Marvel, yeah. with all of the Indian music, the Bollywood music, the, the choices they made, they pulled so much music. Um, but She-Hulk was definitely up there. Yeah, yeah. Shannon, thoughts on the music? I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I don't separate them with score or songs. I mean, okay. for me, the, the soundtrack, to, the score to Loki is always going oh, to yeah. that's that's you know the that songs, ultimate songs have lyrics is the difference in case you were confused that was since you don't since you don't separate them there's like some 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 just have the musical part and some have the musical part but then people sing on top of them this is uh in the writer's room when michael starts to lose the room <laughs> <laughs> Drifting off starts to happen. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Salinas, thank you very much for that $10 donation. We appreciate it madly. Um, and let's see if we got any more. Oh, yeah. Sorry, let me take this one down. Uh, PC Williamson uh, 1 says, uh, the point of the end is to say some stories can just be about the character. Speculation is fun, but sometimes we make the connections more important than the actual themes of the mm-hmm. story. Good point. Mm-hmm. The show has always been one step ahead of its critics. It was genius. Gentlemen great statement there by pc williams yeah i mean i think you know it's it's kind of like what i was saying before and, and to what you were saying about being one step ahead of the critics it really was i mean i have to i'm sorry dude bros but you're predictable at this point and the show predicted you and you got really pissed about it that it did yeah. uh but it did i mean at this point if you have like a strong female character or you're going to try and tell a story that's not exactly the same as the stories that everybody expects or wants them to be the reaction is pretty clear. You can look at what happens with Star Wars and the Marvel movies and the DC movies and really just any geek movie period. And we sort of know before we go in what that subset of social media is going to say and do. And at this point, it's kind of like, yeah, you know what? You got Maybe you got you to gotta try something a little different because we're, we've heard it before. Yeah. Okay, Janet, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I was reading an interview with Jessica Gao, and she was talking about like when the writers' room actually got together, and yeah. the way that they were able to sort of uh, telegraph the the response from a, uh, a, a specific portion of the audience um, yeah. was kind of eerie. That like like I remember watching I don't know if it was episode two or episode three, but they were going through like sort of the social media talking about like oh why is it she Hulk why you know. Yeah. Why can't it just be regular Hulk? And the fact that reading some of their, you know, some of their jokes, it's almost like they went onto social media and were pulling direct quotes off to the point that I'm like, could they have done that? Could, they, could did. they have? No, been? they did. Yeah, it feels was like it, it was it actually? There's a there's a in the early in the early episode three or four or something when they show a bunch of internet comments like, oh, why does it have to be She Hulk? Oh, a woman Hulk really? 
uh, I believe, I could be wrong, but I'm 90% sure I'm right, they pulled a bunch of comments from right after they made the announcement at D23 about She-Hulk. Yeah. Um, Because that was early enough in the production process that they just looked at it and they were like, yeah, we'll take that and put that in the show right there. Yeah, you know, it's it's an overall thing that does get a little bit frustrating. Look, I've been fair. I think I've been fair in my criticism of She-Hulk. I'll tell you the things that I like, things that I didn't like in in our approaches. And I think that both of you have been fair in what things you liked. And you just liked them. You just liked it a little bit more than I did. But it does get a little bit frustrating in this world nowadays when you see so many people looking to try to destroy this content that is led by women, led by people of color. It is super frustrating. Like the Andor numbers came out this morning. And they were horrible, not horrible, but they weren't great. They didn't compare to a Mandalorian or Boba Fett or Kenobi at all. And it's frustrating. It's a Latino-led show, and I can't help but separate that out. And you can say Mandalorian, he's wearing a helmet for the majority of the thing. You're not seeing a Latino actor leading the show. So to me, it just gets a little bit frustrating to see people who are so determined to destroy this stuff. So And, and, and them getting the piss taken out of them in this show, I had no problem. Even if they were chopping at low-hanging fruit. I didn't give a fuck because somebody has to call him out. And it's not punching down. I Take that phrase out of this situation. I know it's Marvel, but these people are actually creating toxic environments in a number of places where people go to get information. People go to have conversation. It's turned social media into a fucking cesspool. And that's so frustrating because then they're not even giving the show a chance. Like, it'd be different if you're like, okay, I'm going to give it a chance to see what they do. I didn't like it. This is why I didn't like it. No, the second it's announced, Fuck this shit. A woman leading. Wah, wah, wah. All this kind of shit that's crybaby nonsense that these people get like 600,000 views on their videos about spreading negativity. It's so frustrating. So if they didn't nail every single shot as um, and layered or complex or in as inventively as possible, that's OK, fine. But they took the shots and I'm glad they took the shots because someone needs to take these shots at these people and make them aware of the toxicity well, that they're creating online. Yeah, and look, I think that at the end of the day, yeah. um, what She-Hulk did as a show, if if Ray or Rose from Star Wars yeah, or or Carol Danvers or you know just go down the list yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Of, of female characters, if um, Moses Ingram's character from Obi Wan Kenobi, like it happens so often where these actresses, uh, actresses of color, just actresses in general. Um, get these roles and you're like, oh, well, Ray's a Mary Sue. Oh, Daisy Ridley's horrible. Oh, you know, like Moses Ingram is so horrible. Why is she even doing this? And so, like, it happens so often and these actresses either, you know, get off Twitter, you know, Leslie Jones getting off Twitter and being like, I can't even deal with the hate anymore. So it happens so often that to have a character in a show have to deal with it within the show and have these people attacking her in the show in a way that allows her to actually respond to it. Like, I don't think it's punching down. I don't think it's punching down. I think it's like punching at who you need to punch at. Yeah, without using her fists. She's going to sue them in court. She's going to use her brain. She's going to -to toe-to-toe with them and get that money. That's uh, yeah, that's exactly right. So, um, so there you go. Uh, let's see if we've got any more of these. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to go on a, a rant there. Just my own point of view on this stuff that gets a little exhausting to deal with. Uh, I think that's all the Streamlabs and Super Chat. Oh, we got one more that just came through. Sorry, Philly G donated 10. Thank you, Philly. Appreciate it, man. You're the best. And also, Jimmy Salinas sent in and said, ruin my first chat. So here's another one. Thoughts on the recent DC and Man of Steel news? Insert John Williams theme. Love you, fellas. 
Yeah, uh, we, we're going to cover that, I think, on our main show this week, but we can give it a little taste here because we, we got a little bit of time. Um, the rumors are that this is ba- that uh, DC came out today. DC is basically a free-for-all right now. James Gunn is working on some uh, some quiet move or some uh, hidden movie here for DC. The Rock is pushing to have a him versus Henry Cavill Man of Steel. The rumors are that uh, DC is now looking for writers to write a Man of Steel with Henry Cavill coming back. Man of Steel 2, rather, with Henry Cavill coming back. And then assorted other writers are pitching all their DC projects right now to the people over there at Warner Brothers Discovery to try to get them in the pipeline. What do you gentlemen think about all this news coming down? Any faith in any of it? Do we think it's just a big setup for a bunch of things to be announced and then scrapped? What, what do you think about all this? I mean, you know, as as we've said before, um, I, I would like to see Henry Cavill get his shot at a yeah. at a proper at a proper super uh, Superman film. Um, until it's actually announced, I, I'm not going to put any faith in anything that they that that, that there are rumors about. Yeah, because I mean, even with things that they they've announced in the past, half of it falls off. So like, I don't see the need to get excited for it. Um, but I do. I would like to see Henry Cavill get a fair shake at Superman. Fair enough, Michael. Your thoughts on all of this? I, I until the movie is being shot, I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Like, I'm like. Oh, you're pitching, whatever. Like, you know, how many, I mean, and not that's not just DC. Like, how many Star Wars movies have been announced? Oh, yeah, true. Very true. Like, until you are in active production and you are on set shooting, yeah. I don't believe you. Fair enough. There you go. There you go, Jimmy. You got your answer. And we'll be talking more about it, obviously, in our main show this week at some point. Mike Gallagher says, I like the fourth wall break, but would have preferred it preferred it to have been in episode three to four so not to waste time on a story that goes nowhere more time for jen i think that is actually a valid complaint if she could have changed the direction of the show why didn't she do it a few episodes ago but i also see hear the counter argument that she wasn't ready to be both versions of herself in one to have the strength and the guts to go and do the things that she did at the end so what do you guys think do you think uh, that it should have been a little bit earlier in the season I mean, here's the challenge. I, I, I hear what you're saying, but uh, let's just say they did that. So you have nine episodes, yeah. and in episode three or four, she breaks the wall and, and says, breaks the fourth wall and says, well, now I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Well, what happens for the rest of the show? Like, the show isn't about the fourth wall break, per se. Yeah. The, and she's breaking the fourth, just to be clear, she's breaking the fourth wall from episode one on. Like, in episode right, one, right, she goes, right. hey, by the way, this is not a Hulk show. This is a lawyer show. Um, so she's breaking the fourth wall throughout, but to the point and extent that she does it in the finale, it feels very finale-ish to do it that way. Yeah. And I think if you had done that early on, I don't know where you go from there. And so I think that's the challenge, is that, to John's point, like this is a show about her figuring out who she is as She-Hulk. Yeah. Now, arguably, you could have maybe tied that finale fourth wall break a little bit better into her fully embracing both sides of herself so that it felt more like she could only do it till now. And if you're listening to what I'm saying, the inevitable uh, question that should follow it, and I'm sure this is what the writers are wondering too, is where do you go from Jen Walters here? Like, yeah. does Jen Walter, now that Jen, now that Jen Walters did this, can she just bust out onto Disney Plus whenever she wants in season two? Good 
good point. Like, we're, like, you know what I mean? Like, when you get to season two, what do you do now? So you're going to have to figure out that balance. Now, John Byrne did it in the comics. Like, he found that balance with she can look out of the panel and be like, Byrne, what the fuck are you doing? This, epi- this issue of this comic is garbage and still could live within her comics. So that's the balance they're going to have to find. But I do kind of understand why they didn't... Um, dive into that too quickly. I think once you jump out and start yelling at the Kevin Feige AI robot, that's pretty much the end of the show. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> Shannon, any thoughts on that? Uh, Mike Gallagher, I 100% agree with you, and I also 100% don't know how you do it. <laughs> so basically, basically a version of what of what Vogel just said. Like, yeah, I wish they I wish they had taken advantage of that craziness sooner, but it w- may have gotten us to the finish line way sooner than the show was ready to finish. Yeah, maybe if it was six episodes, maybe it would have worked for sure. Uh, yeah. Oh, and yeah, Kevin saying, Kevin did say that, made the comment that the Disney Plus glitch has been fixed, so she can't do what she did again. So <laughs> that's a fair point. She did say that. I remember that as well. Um, all right. Well, let's wrap up there because uh, you guys are fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us live here. We wanted to keep this to 90 minutes and we're adhering to that. Uh, we still only have 164 likes. So come on, people. We got 315 of you are watching us right now. Hit that like button later on Listen, if you're watching. Hit that like button. I'm yeah. not that good at math, but I even know that that is not the correct math. It's very true. I'm no Will Hunting, but I know that's wrong. Um, <laughs> Chris Corcoran says, when Kevin says note her being on this big screen, is that referring a sh- Oh, yeah, right. She's, she, he does say that, right. When Kevin says no to her being on the big screen, is that referring to a She-Hulk movie or other MCU appearances? I hope that Tatiana comes back. She deserves it. I think that was a, 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 a swerve. That robot, that robot no is lying. Yeah. That robot is lying. She's going to be in movies. She's going to be in a lot of movies. Yeah, absolutely. I, agree with that. I mean, her and Deadpool doing the fourth wall break going back, that's going to be fascinating if they ever line that up. That'll be very interesting for sure. But, Chris, great catch. Sorry we didn't mention it. You're right. I thought about that, too, in my head when I was watching it a third time. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Is he saying that she's not going to be in the movies? That's odd. But maybe that was him just kind of messing with her. I, 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 I actually think it's what her next appearance is going to be. Oh. And I'm thinking it will prob- she may pop up in Daredevil, yeah. which will be on oh, Disney+. Plus. Absolutely. That seems fair. That I seems wonder fair. if she'll show up before then, though. I'm trying to think what we have in the pipe. Like, what? She won't be in Wakanda forever. No. She's Daredevil 24... Hold on. Let's see. Quantumania, no. Guardians 3, no. No. I mean, she could be in Guardians 3. I doubt it. But I think she could. I I think there's a good shot of her being in Captain America 4. Do you think she'll show up in the holiday special? Probably not. No. Quantumania, you're saying no. Mm -mm. Volume 3. What about Secret Invasion? I don't know. Well, maybe in Secret Invasion. I don't know. No, I think think that all takes place over in the UK, I think, right? Okay. What about the Marvels? No. How about Loki no? I, I think the next time we'll see her will be Daredevil. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I think it's not bad. Uh, and you know she's she's working. She's a busy busy actress as well. Tatiana Maslany. Qui Gon Quiggs <laughs> says, "Do you think Scar is replacing Hulkling in the Young Avengers at least until Wiccan is older?" Mm, good question. Isn't Hulkling supposed to be in the Marvels? Supposed to be in the Marvels, yeah, but they haven't confirmed that, have they? They haven't uh, confirmed it yet. And once Hulkling shows up. You got to get those twins older real quick, <laughs> Billy and Tommy. Uh, but I do think that, and I don't know. I mean, like, 
I'm going to dive into the Young Avengers rabbit hole for a minute, but, like, in the comics, you know, Billy and Tommy were created by Scarlet, which, uh, just like she was in WandaVision, and then they disappeared, but then through a whole series of Mephisto-ish events, were actually born in real life to other families, but also were sort of still Wanda's kids, so it was a whole weird kind of thing. So they did kind of grow up on their own, and when we get to the Young Avengers, they're sort of teenagers. Um, I don't think that that's how the MCU's going to handle it. Right. But I'm really curious as to when we might get a Billy and Tommy. Maybe maybe that's what Agatha's Coven of Chaos is about. Maybe. Maybe you know like there's like I like there's there's you know you got to as you're as you're filling out your Young Avengers bingo card, uh, I think the two big gaps that are still there is where is Hulkling and how are Tommy and Billy going to all of a sudden be teenagers in our world and not figments of Wanda's imagination. Yeah, fair point. Uh, Shannon, anything you want to add to that or you good? No, no, that's that sounds good. Yeah, I like this from Mixa Morris. She-Hulk is perfect for West Coast Avengers. Oh, I could totally see that. She's already in the West Coast. Her and Hawkeye, I mean, if you do that with a Hawkeye thing, I'm 100% down for that. Um, all right, well, let's wrap it up there. Michael, uh, let's go to your first final thoughts on the season overall as we uh, say goodbye to this first season of She-Hulk. Yeah, look, final thoughts are, I think, and a lot of people I see, I'm seeing in the, chat, in the chat, I loved it. I loved it. I don't think it's perfect. I think very few things in TV and movies are perfect. I reserve perfect for, like, a handful of movies. I love a lot of things, but just like I love John and Shannon, I love a lot of things that are imperfect. You know what? Um... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so when Shannon comments on the CG, when I see you guys in the chat saying, you know, like, not every joke landed, it could have been funny or it could have been this, when we talk about the ending when she comes back from the Kevin AI robot and did it land exactly perfectly, like, I don't think that any of those comments are unwarranted. I don't think it is a perfect show. But, and I also think if you set out going, I really want to see who got her blood and who we're going to reveal and who the next big Marvel villain is, you were definitely disappointed. But if you were watching a show about a woman who got superpowers and didn't really want to be a superhero and couldn't really find the balance in her life and was having a trouble, having a hard time accepting both sides and figuring out how they work together, and then at the end really grabbed her story by the balls, took her own agency, and made the story that she wanted to make, it's a great fucking show. So I am a big, big fan of it. I'm a big fan of the fourth wall break, and I literally cannot wait to see what's next for Jen Walters in the MCU, and I really hope that she and Matt either date for a while or at least stay really good friends with benefits. Uh, do you want to throw where She-Hulk is on your uh, Disney Plus uh, rankings? Oh, yeah. Give it oh, no, did I put I think it... Shit. You Shit. Wanna, what did let I do? Shannon give his final thoughts, and then you can we can swing back to your rankings. Do you know what's ranking on yours, Chad? I do. Okay, I do. Go ahead, um, go ahead and do that, and uh, go ahead and give your final thoughts, and then your ranking, and then we'll swing back to Mike. Yeah, like like the amount of comics that Marvel publishes right now, there you know, not everything is going to be for everybody. And if this, and if you didn't like a lighthearted take on this, um, if you weren't a fan of the comedy, and and like truthfully, I wasn't a fan of all of the comedy, um, <laughs> then the show wasn't for you. But that doesn't mean that you know, you're that doesn't mean you're divorced from the MCU. Like there is going to be more stuff coming. There, you know, there. They're broadening their horizons. There's going to be something for everybody. Yeah. Even though the show does rank lower on, on my Disney Plus series, there are episodes <laughs> that, that, I'm going to, that I'm going to revisit. I mean, two pretty consistently, uh, I imagine. Um, Tatiana, Tatiana Maslany is great. I cannot yeah. wait to see her 
on the big screen with some other heroes mixing it up. Um, some of my favorite episodes were when she got to do the action because that's the thing that I like. Um, I can't wait to see her do it properly with a proper budget uh, on the big screen. And with my Disney Plus rankings, yeah, I'm just going to start at the top. Uh, okay. One one and two often flip places, but right now one is Hawkeye, okay. two is WandaVision, three is What If, okay. four is Loki, five is Miss Marvel, six is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Wow. seven is She-Hulk, eight is Moon Knight. And now wow. the only reason, Ooh. the only reason Ooh. Falcon and Winter Soldier is above She-Hulk is because I did a rewatch of Falcon and Winter Soldier recently. Because we okay. had a discussion on the drive back from Comic Con, and Ooh, if we had not done that, She Hulk would be above it. Wow! What about She Hulk uh, would have been a little bit less close to the bottom for you, is what you're saying. <laughs> and that's that's literally what switching means. Yes. Um. All right. Uh, oh, Michael, what thank, is, where's your thank rank? you, thank you, thank you, Mr. Writer McClung. <laughs> my rankings are. My rankings are yeah. WandaVision number one. Yeah. Hawkeye. She-Hulk, okay. Miss Marvel, okay. Loki, What If, okay. Falcon Winter Soldier, Moon Knight. Mm. Wow, both of you have Moon Knight at the bottom, huh? All the way at the bottom. If I could make it, if I could make it go lower, I would. Well. I actually know there's a lot there's a lot that I enjoy about Moon Knight. That's all that like 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 my bottom of these Disney Plus shows is not a bad show. It's yeah. the least it's the least good show. Like it's the one that like, there's a lot of stuff I like. I love Oscar Isaac in it. I would love to see him do Moon Knight more. Um, I think there's a lot of parts of Moon Knight that I was like, that part was great. And I was like, oh, that part didn't land. But all in all, I think it's, it's, it's just like they just, this one got better than this one, got better than this one, got better than this one. But yes, She-Hulk is at the opposite end of my list than from Shannon's list. Okay, fair enough. Um, I have Loki number one, uh, WandaVision number two, Hawkeye 3, What If 4, I just loved What If, Werewolf by Night 5, which you guys left Ooh. off, Miss, uh, what, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, no, no, Ms. Marvel, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, uh, and then I Am Groot. Those are my, those are my rankings. Oh, shoot. I mean, those count. Like- Werewolf yeah, by night. you're right. You're right. right. My Werewolf by Night for me goes smack dab in the middle. So like I had eight. Yep. So like it's it's actually at number five, and then it goes five, six, seven, eight, nine. I am Groot. I don't know where that falls because I think it's perfectly delightful and yeah. very very cute, but it's so short. Like it's not really. It's like a fun little. It's like uh, it's like trying to put an appetizer on the main course list. Yeah, that's why I put it at the bottom because there's not enough there. Um, I like this. Jimmy Salinas said, Shannon just pulled the names randomly out of a hat. <laughs> I don't think I so. A, I made a point to wear my Hawkeye shirt. Oh! Right. I feel like he, I feel like he knew, I feel like he knew them. I mean, he was he listed them pretty clearly. So, um, <laughs> yeah, my overall thoughts are, are this. Just real quick. It, it didn't all of it didn't 100% land, which is why it isn't higher up on my list. I didn't like it was a bit too lightweight for what I wanted, but those are something. I, those are things I'm going to have to reckon with because I'm definitely going to do a full-on rewatch, like a binge rewatch of everything of the whole show, and see how I feel afterwards, and see if now that it's all out, I can put it all together a little bit better, and maybe I have a little bit more joy watching the show than I thought, and move it back, move it up in, in my rankings. But overall, 
Tatiana Maslany is the reason to watch this show. Number one, number one, number one. What she was able to bring to this character made me fall in love with this character so much and enjoy the world. Love that we got Nikki finally getting to spread her wings and do more in the show. That was great. The pug stuff was fun. The Mallory book uh, uh, pop-ins were great. Finally. Halfway through the show, she got to do her shit. What are you Halfway. talking about finally? <laughs> Halfway. Um, and uh, and getting so and Emil, the Emil Blonsky stuff was really great. Uh, you know, episode four you can toss in the trash, and I never need to see again. But the the but Emil Blonsky stuff is so good, and I love that as the through line throughout the whole series. Yeah, I never want to see Donnie Blaze, what his fucking name is. I never want to see that guy <laughs> again. Madison is fine, although I'm not as big a fan as you say. Most people are about Madison. But Donnie Blaze can go straight back to the demons or wherever he was from. Uh, that'd be fun. But everything else, character-wise, that they introduced and everybody they brought on, I did enjoy for the most part, except for Elaine. Other than that, totally worked for me. So I'm down. So at the end of the day, not an unenjoyable experience. Just wasn't quite my cup of tea. Uh, but Tatiana Maslany saved it from top to bottom. And that finale really saved it for me because I actually liked that meta finale. I thought it worked, even though some people felt it didn't so all right there we go thank you all so much for uh joining us for this fun uh, uh spoiler review here of the she hulk finale we appreciate it madly shannon what do we have to tell yeah if you'd like to follow us on social media on twitter it's at geek underscore buddies on instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies if you'd like to follow me on social media on twitter it's at shannon underscore mcclung on instagram at shannon the geek buddy if you would like to follow mr vogel it is at mk tune if you would like to follow mr roca it is at the roca says thank you i love the clarissa what what is happening hello uh, the Madison love is strong. I know. Uh, Mikey, what do we have to say here? Um, well, if you would like to follow me and my opinions, or if you would like to follow John and Shannon and their lesser important opinions, oh, uh, here wow. is what I'm just kidding. We all have different opinions. It's why we're best friends. Um, <laughs> if you, if you are liking this lovely back and forth that we have here on the geek buddies, here's what you guys can do to help us out. Uh, smash that like button below. Please smash it. Smash it the way that She-Hulk smashes Matt Murdock. Uh, leave your comments below. Let us know what you thought of the finale. I can already tell from the chat that some of you loved it and some of you hated it. And you know what? That's awesome because that's what's fun about geek culture. And uh, we can all love and hate things and still be besties. And that's what happens here on the Geek Buddies. Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Check out all the amazing content that he's got going on there. Uh, if you're listening to us on a podcast, go ahead and take a second to leave us some stars, leave us some comments, helps us go up in the rankings so more people can find us. And as always, the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video, post it to your socials, send it to your friends, and tell them to hang out with your buddies, the Geek Buddies. Boom. Thank you all so much. Appreciate it madly. As Michael said, please subscribe. Please go and get our numbers up there on iHeartRadio so we get more and more people and get some ads rolling through, more ads rolling through on the podcast side of things. All right, and a big shout-out to Carbon Health, who continues to power and sponsor us here on the Geek Buddies and on the Outlaw Nation. Go to CarbonHealth.com and check it out and see if you've got any healthcare questions, concerns, or needs, if they fit your bill, if they fit what you need. They've got in-person care, virtual care. Uh, they do uh, urgent care, and they sometimes do day of care, depending on how busy their clinic is. they got 100-plus locations all over the country, 80-plus locations in California alone. And there's a big announcement that they're partnering with another healthcare firm coming up very soon, and they'll, we'll announce that on the show when they announce it. Uh, but I was told about it a couple of weeks ago, so I'm excited to be announcing that a little bit later on as well. So go to CarbonHealth.com or download the app to have a doc in your pocket. 
for your healthcare questions, concerns, and needs on the go. All right, y'all take care of yourselves. Be well. Uh, look for more Geek Buddies content coming out this week, and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode here from the Geek Buddies. <gasps> hey! Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.